Kyoji is released from prison and strives to become the apprentice of famous Rakugo performer Yakumo Yarakute. Becoming his apprentice proves to be easy, but actually learning from him and mastering Rakugo will be a whole other challenge. Is Showa Genroku Rakugo Shinju the perfect series to introduce your friends to anime? Or should it be relegated to your own personal weeb watch list? I'm PJ. I'm Skylar. I'm Lauren. And this is Kawaii Disappointment. in my break room at work uh, a lot of people put soap operas on and like you get the gist of soap operas not a whole lot's going on just like drama etc one of my like older co-workers was kind of watching it but not watching it I was like oh what's happening is there a murder she's like there's a ghost I was like there's a ghost do soap operas have ghosts and then uh, my other co-worker was watching it and then there was a ghost and we went oh my god Linda you were right there was a ghost and she's like what are you talking about we're like you just said that there's a ghost in the show and she's like no I didn't why would I say that and I was like <laughs> and him and I were like what are you talking about you just said that there was a ghost and there's a ghost in the episode and she's just like why would there be a ghost in a soap opera like I'm not even watching this I was like Did she's you- either gaslighting you or a ghost said it and not her. I was saying oh that God. I was like, were you possessed by the ghost, Linda? <laughs> the ghost was possessing her to be like, ooh, ghost media. <laughs> Finally, some representation. Oh, it's always ghost hunt and ghost story and ghost adventure. No one ever just lets me have a day of our lives. <laughs> As the world turns, so do the ghosts. <laughs> Just like ghost versions of soap operas. <laughs> General Hospital, but the morgue. I mean, oh that scene was in the morgue. Hey, see? Look at that. The ghost is speaking through me now. Oh. And it's telling me that we're going to start the podcast. Ooh. Hello and welcome back to Quite Appointment, the show where two lifelong weebs, PJ. And Skylar. Got their non-weeb friend. Lauren. Through a new anime every week to determine if it's a kawaii success or a kawaii disappointment. This week we are watching Showa Genroku Rakugo Shinju as we continue through listener month number two, Performance Month. Ooh. This anime was recommended by our patron Jellums, so thanks Jellums for the suggestion. Alright, but that is, uh, I mean, a long and not at all English name, so Lauren, mm-hmm. tell me, Showa Genroku Rakugo Shinju, what do you think this anime is going to be about? I think we are going to be getting the story of Showa, Genroku, Rakugo, and Shinju. I think they're four different people, and I think that they're in a band. Because, you know, performance month, we watched Given last week, and I'm in that mindset. So um, I think we're going to be getting their origin story as they, you know, rise to fame, as they do. However, when you sent me the title, it said Descending Stories. Oh, you know, I did ha- I did add the Descending Stories, yes. Yeah. Uh, Descending Stories is, like, I struggled with if I wanted to keep that in the name here. Because, like, everywhere it's called Shogun Roku Rakugo Shinju. But some places call it Descending Stories. Showing in Roku Rakugo Shinju. So 
if I told you, if I asked you for descending stories, you can you could stick with the descending stories. You told you had both of them, so I assumed the Shoeg and Roku, Rakugo and Shinju are the people, and then descending stories is their rise to fame. But then we also see them descend from fame. So you know, the first half is your a tip, your very typical. Here's the band; they're getting started. They rise up; they're super popular, but then they fall and they get like either unpopular or the band breaks up or there's just like drama. So I think it's going to focus much more on the late, the latter half of the band as opposed to like their rise up to fame. Okay. I like so, that. you know, very traditional band story, right? Like we've seen this movie a million times. A lifetime. Uh, and, uh, not really, but yes. <laughs> uh, well, once you saw the poster, did your thoughts change? They are in very traditional dress. But I still think that they're in a band because there's nothing telling me they're not in a band. I just think it might be set <laughs> in like an earlier time my period. New, uh, that's going to be my new limits test for any anime. <laughs> Does it say they're not in a band? Then they're probably in a band. <laughs> <laughs> me from here on out, all my predictions, they're all in a band. <laughs> my Hero Academia. Well, they're not in. They're not not in a band. That'd be a sick band name. Can I just say? My Hero, My Hero Academia, Academia. What a cool band name. <laughs> anyway, I just think this probably takes place earlier in time than I thought. So instead of like modern day, this is probably older. But I still think they're the band members. And I'm going to go with a Daisy Jones and the Six vibe here uh, this week. Let's go top down. Let's go top down. So we'll start with the lady in the kimono with her hair up. I think that's the band leader's wife. She is like the stability. She's the North Star. She takes care of them behind the scenes. She's always there to support them and loves her husband so much, would do anything for him. And she's going to become part of the the band's like fall from grace because I'll get into it. I'll get into it. I have a whole thing here. So the man back to back with her with like the long wavy hair, he is... Billy, the main vocalist on the lead guitar. He's the creative powerhouse in the band and he's married to this lady and he loves her too, right? Like they have a really tight relationship, but he's going to be going through his own trials and turmoils. And so his wife is going to be like trying to support him, but he's going through some really, really rough shit. And like their marriage is going to get rocky at some point. So like that's going to be drama. And then the dude in the middle, who's the only one like really looking at the audience, he's the bassist. He thinks he's hot shit and he's not. He <laughs> definitely like wants to be in control of the band and to be as good as Billy is, but he's just not, right? He's not going to be as good as the lead guitarist. He whines a lot. He takes all of the band's successes as because he's there and because he's on the band. And every time the band does something where it doesn't succeed, he's going to be like, well, they just didn't listen to me. You know, he's always going to be, he's always going to be the victim. So that's that man. The girl okay. in the bottom left is your Daisy Jones. So your resident druggie, but with a voice to kill. She and Billy are going to be in a will they, won't they sort of situation because they sing really, really well together and they fuel each other creatively. So like there's that artistic relationship, right, where they just like vibe and it's like there. But Billy's married and it's like, a, oh, no, what's going to happen? So it's like this triangle between Daisy, Billy and the wife. And it's going to get like it's going to get dicey. And then lastly, uh, 
the guy with like the pointy teeth and like the his eyes are throwing me off too. Everyone else looks very normal, very human, you know, drawn in a very similar style. And then this man's like crazy pants. So I say he's the drummer. <laughs> he's just there for a good time. He knows that there's drama in the group, but he very much stays out of it. And he's just like, I'll show up when I'm supposed to show up. I'm going to do my thing. And then I'm going to peace out and I'm going to go to like wild parties and shit. So he's a huge party animal. And I think that is our Daisy Jones and the Six band. Daisy Jones and the Six, but all of the archetypes that you've laid out also fit with Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. <laughs> I will take your word for it. <laughs> you don't, Were you never a Muppets kid, Lauren? Mm, so I was a Muppet Babies kid. Wow. Muppets this is a babies. disappointing re- revelation. That had to happen at some point in the pod, at least <laughs> get it out of the way early. <laughs> for all my cool people that actually watch the Muppets, <laughs> this is a real Dr. Teeth of the Electric Mayhem situation. Sounds like it, yeah. Sounds real uh, familiar, Lauren. Well, <laughs> whether it's Daisy Jones of the Six or Dr. Teeth of the Electric Mayhem, it's really actually Showa Genroku, Rakugo Shinju, or Deciding Story. So we are going to take a quick break to watch episodes one and two of that, see how accurate Lauren's predictions are going to be, and then we'll be right back to talk a little bit more about it. So stay tuned. All right, we're back. We're going to learn watch episodes one and two of Showa Kenroku Rakugo Shinju. Lauren, tell me, what did you think? At this point, I have seen my fair share of anime. This one felt different from all of them. Between the pacing and how the story's unraveling and the characters, it just, it feels so different from any other anime that I've ever seen. And I'm super intrigued. Yeah, no, I think this was super unique, super different. And I'm super excited to talk more about it. But let's do that after we get through some housekeeping. All right. So Shouken Roku Rakugo Shinju is based on the manga by Harko Kumota that ran in Itan Magazine from March 2010 to June of 2016 for 10 volumes. There was a uh, two-episode OVA directed by Shinichi Omata and done by Studio Dean that released in 2015. Uh, Shinichi Omata and Studio Dean would come back together to do the anime that we watched here today. Uh, and that anime ran from January of 2016 to March of 2017 for 25 episodes over two different seasons. There's also a live action adaptation uh, that was done by that was done for NHK that ran from October to December of 2018 for 10 episodes. I mean, look, again, this is a very uh, normal show, so uh, it's not going to be like a mind blowing live action uh, image. I want to see sexy old men. That man's not old at all. Well, I mean, you saw episode two where they're young. You go back in time. Most of the show is flashback. Okay. The two main characters look incredible. Yeah, they're perfect. That's perfect casting. There. Are you happy? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's good old age makeup though. Oh, I'm into that. If you weren't if you weren't asexual, I'd be like, ooh, unlocked a new king for Lauren. <laughs> uh but yeah, so the live action uh ran for those ten episodes was very well received. In general, the show has been very well received. But with that, let's quickly break down episode one and two. A young man, Kyoji, is released from prison and wants to become the apprentice of the famous Rakugo performer Yurakute Yakumo. Yakumo decides to take him home and gives him the name Yotaro, or Fool. Yakumo introduces him to Konatsu, the daughter of former master Yarakute 
Karate Yarkute Sugoroku, Kyoji catches Konatsu practicing her father's routines in the early morning and convinces her to ask Yakumo to teach her. When she does, Yakumo refuses and ridicules her father's material, which is in a different style than his. She angrily accuses him of her father's death. Kyoji's old gang boss turns up and tries to get him to do a job, but Yakumo intervenes and invites a former boss to Kyoji's first Rakugo performance. Kyoji is a success, and his boss leaves, saying he has no further business with him. On the way home, Yakumo criticizes Konatsu for teaching Kyoji. At the next performance, Kyoji goes first, using Yurakute's style, but he is so exhausted that during Yakumo's performance, he falls asleep and starts snoring. After the performance, Yakumo expels him, but later Kyoji apologizes profusely, and Yakumo agrees to let him return on three conditions. In episode 2, we flash back to the 1930s. A geisha takes Bon, her young son who can no longer dance, to Rakugo master Yurakute Yakumo to be apprenticed, but is interrupted by Shin, who also wants to become Yakumo and perform Rakugo as well. The master is impressed by Shin's brazen attitude and takes him in as well as a counter to Bon's stiff manner. The master gives him the name Hatsutaru for Shin and Kikuhiko for Bon. The two boys are totally different in character. Shin is outgoing and dedicated completely to Rakugo, while Bon is shy and introverted and does not think Rakugo is for him. After training at Kakuhiko's first performance, the audience is bored because of his dry recitation, while Shin successfully entertains the audience with his animated style, and that's episodes one and two of Showa Genroku Rakugo Shinju. So Lauren, did you notice uh, how long the first episode was? Not before starting it, I sure didn't. (laughs) Getting halfway through and I was like, this feels really long. And so I paused it and looked at the timestamp and I was like, 47 minutes. No wonder I stopped it at like the 2025 mark when it usually would stop. And I was like, what is happening? I hadn't even noticed PJ had was putting on the second episode. He's like, I wonder if all the episodes are this long. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, no, it's a regular length. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, the first episode was like 40 something minutes long. I was like, oh, I didn't even know. Well, it flew by, but I was still like, this feels really long. It was like a movie. It was like a movie. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I didn't. It didn't feel long. Yeah, for me, at least. It the pacing is so interesting because like it jumps into it so fast, but also like without you feeling confused. You know what I mean? Like you kind of like as someone who didn't know what this like art form was at all, like mm-hmm. it immediately explains it to you in a not like condescending, annoying or boring kind of way. Yes. I also didn't know that this art form existed, that this was a method of storytelling that was really big in Japan. So that was fascinating to get to learn about it. And I did actually learn about it because they explain it so well. I mean, Japanese audiences probably will be more familiar with this than American audiences will, but it didn't feel like they were trying too hard. It Mm -hmm. just, here's this thing, this is what we do, and then you moved on. And I was like, oh, okay, thank you. I appreciate it. (laughs) And now I'm good to move on. Yeah, so, I mean, in general, Rakugo is so, it's so fascinating, right, to watch again. I don't think it's something that most American, or I mean, really anyone outside of Japan, and even in Japan, it's probably more traditionalized than anything. Um, really knows about but you know to for those of you that didn't watch it you know rakugo is this kind of like japanese like storytelling medium where it's basically someone sitting on stage and it's one person kind of almost acting out like a one-act play Mm -hmm. in a way but it's like very uh proverbial you know it's there's like a story and comedy and drama it's like tragic comedies it seems like almost all of them are there's a lot of 
kind of just whimsy, but also uh, like sentimentality. And it's they're very unique uh, stories. And the one person plays all the characters in the story. Um, and it's all dialogue based. There's very little like exposition in it. Yeah, but they do like act out parts too, right? Like with their body. So you see them yeah. even though it's, it's all like dialogue. Not- any, but even then, it's like it's not even really acting. It's acting out with their body language more so than their body because they don't ever get up from a sitting position. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're kneeling the whole time. But like they will pantomime like eating Getting ramen or soba. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was trying to like think have because I studied theater and I was like, have I ever seen anything like this before? And no, I, think I the haven't. The closest thing is like a one man show or yeah. like stand up comedy. I even still say a one man show is closer because I mean a one man show is kind of like stand-up comedy with a lot of storytelling intertwined with it mm. uh, it's more storytelling than stand-up but it can be very stand-up like and i think that's where this is a lot closer to because they're not actively trying to consistently be funny but what they say and their experiences and the stories are funny and i think that's where it comes closer to like a one-man show but even then a one-man show is usually very personal like these are passed down traditional stories it doesn't seem like anyone's creating new rakugo stories you know right but there are new ones because I saw them on YouTube. I looked it up after and there are new ones. People are telling modern day stories and modern day experiences in this style. Aw. It's really cool. No, I mean like in this, in in their in their little thing. Like they're doing the same like handful of stories as each other in the show. Yeah. And I'm sure like in the 30s and 50s, that's absolutely what was happening. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that. Man, it, oh God, it's so compelling. Um, I I think it's so interesting the way all their mouths are drawn because they're so close to like their chins, but especially <laughs> anytime, um, anytime Yotoro is like smiling, especially like really big, it's like practically on his chin, like yeah. <laughs> The animation for their expressions is just incredible. And I mean, it would need to be, right? Because so much of this storytelling is based on their expressions and their body language. Because you're just watching essentially one person on stage for most of this. So the animation for the people is like next level. I I love, oh God, I love the part when... um... Yotoro is talking to Kanatsu or Kanatsu talking to uh, Kanatsu about uh, when he first sees the Shinigami performance mm. and how he was like, oh, yeah, like, Yakumo, it, it was incredible. It changed my life. He like literally looked and sounded like um, each different character, like was a different mm. person. And mm-hmm. I was just like, fuck, yeah, that sounds so cool. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> Fuck I mean, because yes. we we see like actors like Daniel Day Lewis, uh, you know, step into these roles and be completely different. Now, like, what if we had Daniel Day Lewis play every single movie or every single part of a movie while on his knees and like you know with no breaks? I want to see that. He could do it. Yeah, he, he'd be great. <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis, if you're listening to this, this is your next. <laughs> This is your I, would, I could easily see Daniel Day Lewis being like really into Rakugo and like having studied Rakugo or some sh- weird shit like that, you know? Yeah, like it's just like he has like a wing dedicated to it in one of his many homes. <laughs> uh, but to talk about, we've talked about the pacing a little bit, but to kind of continue to to like dive into it, something that I think is just fascinating about this show is they 
don't ever hesitate to show you a full Rakugo. Every right. time someone does a Rakugo, you see the whole performance. Yeah. There's not a moment where it's like interspersed with commentary or like separate dialogue. Like you are seeing this whole Rakugo every time, which I think mm-hmm. is fascinating because I mean, like, even, even if you like look at something like a sports anime or something like that, you know, there's a lot of like internal dialogue and commentary and cutting back and forth and, you know, doing all these things. But no, you are always seeing a full Rakugo. And sometimes it's like jarring because some of the, sometimes the rest of the pacing can feel a little fast. And then it comes to like a halt to watch just essentially like a whole performance. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I also, but it's obviously it's very purposeful, you know? Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I think it's so well done in that regard. It's very fascinating to see like how how these stories matter even like the bad ones like you could even i could even see like if they were like well like yeah obviously we're going to show you like the really good times they do rakugo but we're they even when it's someone doing a bad performance of rakugo like they kind Ooh. of force you to sit there and watch it yeah and be uncomfortable it was so stressful yes and, oh my god and the fact that they can make it stressful like you know it's a credit to how well done the pacing and storytelling is it's like when you're good when you, you know we're in we're in episode two in the flashback and it's uh kikuhiko doing his first performance in front of an audience and it's he's doing fine but it's not good and you are sitting there stressed out like you feel how embarrassed and stressed and all these feelings that he's feeling and it and it in it builds tension while he's literally just telling the story so much tension is building Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like it's just like him telling a story while a bunch of people are like kind of bored in the audience but like you feel like oh my god oh my god (laughs) just like the sound design during that scene with him though while he's doing it and you just hear like you still hear him but you hear like this like him getting drowned out by this like really dark menacing like instrumental like like literally i was so stressed out same yeah you can hear like the audience being restless and like just oh my god and people sleeping yes oh that whole scene the secondhand embarrassment was so real i was like i i couldn't i couldn't do this you guys are all my heroes because i could never get up on stage and tell a one-man story that sounds hideous to me so like good for all of you and i'm sorry it didn't work out for that (laughs) little boy i mean it did eventually right but like oh that first one and it's Um, i mean in general though it's again even outside of that though like back to like the fast part of the pacing like you know like the beginning kind of happens really quickly yeah you know he gets out of jail gets a suit meets him becomes his apprentice ish and like starts doing stuff and training and rehearsing and reciting and all that happens in like five minutes like it's fast yeah i yeah and then you get to see the full shinigami performance Mm-hmm. You know, I feel okay. So, you know, like when adults who are single, not Lauren, um, <laughs> are like, no, 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 like you'll you'll understand. Are just like, I don't have time for games. Um, I'm just gonna like, you know, uh, go with someone that I like. And if there's any any kind of hint of games, no, we're done. And then you weed out people like really fast and they end up being in relationships and marriages way faster and like long lasting. Um, I kind of feel like that (laughs) 
when watching media now. And so when he didn't have to like beg over like, you know, and like pop out of places and beg him to be his apprentice for, you know, like half the episode, I was like so prepared to be exhausted. And I was like, thank God. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't want to have to wait. Thanks. That's where I am in my relationship with anime. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, no, that that payoff was very gratifying. Because I was very fast. So you're like, oh, wow, this is happening. It was even resolved, like, really fast, too. Mm-hmm. When, when he gets uh, expelled. Yeah. Which, like, that was also so stressful. Like, the second you start seeing him fall asleep, like, you know, you know it's about to go bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I literally grabbed onto PJ. I was like, I'm so stressed out right now. I can't do this. Turn it <laughs> off. And he's like, what? I said, turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> um, But, yeah. Something that's also fascinating, I mean, something that's fascinating about Rakugo in general is also kind of, like, the traditionality of it. So, I don't know if you guys noticed, like, the names. Like, that there's, like, you're, like, you have given names and, like, passed down names as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, that was super cool. I was gonna say, what I like, though, is, um, was it Sukuroku? He rejected his name, right? Initially. No. Yeah, yeah he didn't like he it. Was, yeah, he was given the name, um... Hatsutoro, and he was like, I don't like it. And so he just kept his regular name, and that's why he died. No, I'm joking. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, but even Sukuroko isn't his name. Is it not? No. No, so, that's his given name. Yeah. So mm. this is the thing is um, when you hear them say, so everyone has like their given name, and that's kind of all we know them by. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that, like, so for instance, we know that our main, like, the master, um, was originally named like Bond, but that's like kind of all we know him as. And then he's given the name Kikuhiko. And then once he like masters Rakugo, his master, Yakumo Yurakute, gives him his name. And that's how he becomes, uh, that's how he becomes eighth generation Yakumo Yurakute, because he is the eighth person to be given the name Yakumo Yarakute. And that's why every time that he's being cheered on, he's like, eighth generation, eighth generation. Same thing, Sukuroko, he was given the name Hatsutaru. So before he had the name Shin, um, but then he took on the name Hatsutaru, but he didn't really care for it. And he changed his name to Sukuroku. And he earned eventually the name Sukuroku, uh, but he was the second Sukuroku. So he earned the name of Sukuroku and became second generation Sukuroko Yurakute. So mm. it's all the names are passed down. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like how there was like 50 billion Cleopatras and not just one. Kind of. But or it'd like be like George if you had first, to earn the, the name. It's like if Cleopatra had to give you the name Cleopatra because you felt like you earned it. Yeah. Right. Well, it's like when someone gets like knighted, right? Like. No, yeah, that's no, very no. different. As, as soon as I said it, I was like, this is a wrong. It'd be like if I re- like if like tomorrow at work I took a lead that I just felt very was keeping my legacy going and I was like, you are now second generation PJ. It's like the junior, <laughs> right? Like when it's, it's still not junior, because junior just means like, yeah, like the name's passed on. But like this is you are giving them the same. They have earned the right to have <laughs> the name that you earned. Uh, I don't know why this is a hard concept for you, Skylar. It's not, because I fully understand it, and I don't know why I keep trying to equate it to other things. Because I literally was like, if we 
get another dog and the dog has to earn her way up to be called Eva and Eva has to bestow it upon her. Yes, exactly. You That's got it. second generation Eva. Second generation Eva. But yeah, so he's eighth generation Yakumo Irakute and then Tsukuroku was second generation second generation Tsukuroku. Okay. So obviously right now um Kyoji now Yotaro is hoping to get the name ideally of Yakumo Yarakute passed down to him. Konnichiwa, my fellow weebs. If you're not following us on social media or a part of the Discord, you may be wondering where we've been for the last month. Well, if you are one of the people in that demographic, we just want to let you know what's been going on. Early in March, we received the news, happy but sad, that Lauren was going to be departing from the podcast. We already had all of March's episodes recorded, but decided to take some time to both celebrate with Lauren, as they are leaving due to a long overdue job opportunity, as well as to step away for a moment and to process the news and start looking at how we move forward from here. Now that we've taken that time, we will be posting all of the remaining Lauren episodes, which should fill up the month. Then in May, we will be introducing an all new, but not that all different, Kawaii Disappointment. Stay tuned on our social medias for announcements of changes and just in general so you're always in the loop moving forward. We are on all social media platforms at kawaiidesupod and can also be found on our website kawaiidesupod.com. That's K-A-W-A-I-I-D-E-S-U-P-O-D.com. I'll skip the fluff for this month, but a reminder to support us on Patreon if you so choose and leave us a review if you're so inclined. We'll be back next week as we guide Lauren through the world of Carol and Tuesday. Now, back to the podcast. god it was it's really really good um i was i've never heard of this anime before and i was thoroughly shocked how much uh it elicits like again i was so stressed out but it was also so like beautiful and like genuinely funny and just like so many range of emotions i survived through uh, the first <laughs> two episodes <laughs> but i agree right like it is very funny and I mean, the Rakugo are funny. Like, you know, I, 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 could, see it, I could see it being boring. Um, Like, if you were to explain the concept of Rakugo to me, I would be like, okay, that sounds like some, you know, traditional storytelling medium that I maybe wouldn't care for that much. Um, Like, I would never seek it out, you know? I would never yeah. have mm-hmm. sought out Rakugo. Mm-hmm. But, like, I was sitting there watching these Rakugo performances, like, laughing and, like, having a good time and being enthralled by them, you you know, um, the Shinigami performance was very interesting, but I really loved, yeah, the burglar story. That was really funny. Like, I had a great time watching it. Yeah, I can see why his boss, his mom, his gang boss was like, yeah, you can stay. <laughs> you can stay. I'll, I'll let you, you don't have the to hook. go commit crimes. You don't have to do stuff for me anymore. You can but stay. But, like, he was right when he's like, hey, man, I quit the gang. He's like, it's not, you can't just, not like, you don't just, works. like, quit the gang. That's, like, not how gangs work, dude. <laughs> Um, TBH though, this is how I like relay a lot of stories <laughs> to PJ about my day. You sit I, down and you do a one a one lady show. I basically do because I do <laughs> voices too. So Skylar Skylar does Rakugo for PJ when yeah, she comes Skylar, home. Skylar is uh is does Pretty tell a lot of stories. She's very performative in the stories she tells. <laughs> I think Skylar's weakness as a Rakugo uh, practitioner is that she embellishes too much. Mm. (laughs) She's a little bit more Sukuroku when she should be more Yakumo. 
<laughs> That's my favorite country song. I'm kidding. Okay. I'm a little bit Sukaroku. I'm a little bit Yakumo. <laughs> I will do um, like impressions of people when I'm relaying stories and be like, you don't know this person, but you don't understand how perfect of an impression I just did of their voice. <laughs> <laughs> Completely unnecessary to this story. Let me tell you, you don't know, but I'm going to tell you, it's great. It's a dead on. This is almost <laughs> like we were watching a movie the other yeah. night, <laughs> Lauren. And I literally like repeated or before something happened, um, I said like a line in the movie. I was like, just watch PJ. I just did a perfect impression. And then it happened. He's like, wow, that was a really good impression. And you were like, no, no, I said perfect. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, no, no, I said really good. <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> me, Julia, pick me. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, so then when we get to like the flashbacks, it was super interesting because obviously we have like this kind of very interesting dynamic and it creates a very interesting kind of parallel overall, right? Which is this like friendship that has to kind of form almost between um, Bon and Shin, mm. which is interesting because like, you know, Shin really wants to be apprenticed as a Rakugo and Bon doesn't, but Bon is the one that's being taken in and Shin kind of like snakes his way in in a way, you know? Fuck yeah. Um, but I love an opportunist. Um, you love it. And I, I mean, Bon, you know, later uh, Kikuhiko, like, doesn't even really want to do Rakugo. Like, he, mm. it's so weird to me, like, this conceptual idea that he was a dancer, a really good dancer, stopped being able to dance, and they were like, well, you can't just Wait. go <laughs> be a doctor. You well, have, like, you know. Well, see, the, the thing, though, is when it comes to, like, geishas and that whole kind of entertainment district is, like, storytelling is a really big part of geisha dance in general, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so, like, why, if he was so successful as a dancer and he, like, can't dance anymore, that means he is an incredible storyteller. You can't let that go to waste. So you're going to go give it to, you know, a different branch of it. It still feels, like, so weird that he had no say in what branch that was, I guess. I mean, yeah, but he's a child. <laughs> like, yeah, he's a baby. And kids don't really have a lot of, you know, choice in you're going to go to this school. You're like, going to learn this now, thing. Even now, children barely have, like, uh, you know. It's also easier to um, stay within the community. Like, let's say, like, he was like, no, I want to be a doctor. That would be, like, a lot more money. And it seems like <laughs> this is already, like a favor that's being, you know, happening. Mm -hmm. Which is, like, interesting conceptually that, like, I mean, essentially, he's kind of just given away to Yakumo, you know? Like, because he doesn't, it feels like, ever see his mother again. No, it right. feels very much like she she gave him to this master, and then that was it. Never saw yeah. her. Done. I mean, like... There, there's a lot of things in the red light district like you're not your own person um when mm -hmm. you're part of the entertainment industry you belong to everyone else and um children just hold you back <laughs> fuck them kids <laughs> yeah when mean... he was a dancer she was cool with him but the second he couldn't dance she was like mm, you gotta go to this guy now <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of 
prestigious art forms where you have to like go somewhere oh yeah and that be ballet. away from your parents yeah, yeah exactly ballet you have to go sometimes international to Maybe do you your art go form live in russia for like six it's eight years something mm-hmm. like that france italy anything like that right and so like these very strict art forms i think have a very strict schedule for their students and there's just no way for them to have a life outside of this art form so it makes sense that she dropped him off and was like hey i'll, I'll see you when i see you i guess but you're you're here you're dedicating yourself to this this yeah. is what you're gonna be which right is so it's like and again i now see the value of rakugo and like how beautiful and amazing it is still a weird one for it to be that kind of thing though like i guess like because i get it for like ballet or something where you need to be like this master of your body and all these things like i don't know rakugo is like you're sitting there being like let me tell you this story about a guy i know but sitting up <laughs> For long periods of time is exhausting and you have to train your body to sit up for long periods of time. Exactly. And you have to study all of these old texts. And it's not just about the memorization. It's about the delivery. So it's constantly doing this over and over and over again. And here we are like, you know, we get the jump to like, I don't know, it seems like maybe eight, six, eight years later. And he did not learn anything about delivery (laughs) at all. He was still very wooden. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then you have like better. the alternative, right? Again, of the the kind of du- duality of them, which is that, you know, Hatataru or Sukuroku is like so over the top. But yeah, well, yeah, he's anti- he's super non-traditional in the way that he does his Rakugo, you know. Uh Yakumo is doing Rakugo maybe boringly, but like correctly, I guess. Yeah. Um. Whereas, like, Sukuroku is doing it entertainingly, but like wrong, ostensibly. But right, just like any media and any form of entertainment, like both are valid for the audience, and that's ultimately all that matters. But it means that in refining their their skills and processes, ultimately, Yakumo is going to be the one that is going to be seen as like the master and the the legend in the space where Sukuroku is going to have a fan base, but never never reach that level of acclaim clearly well i mean we don't know there was the accusation of you killed my father well so, like i don't know if she was just being not. dramatic or if he actually like murdered a bitch you know i can't imagine he murdered him if he did it might have been accidental 20s. no joking yeah it but was, like i yeah, don't imagine he like murdered him right i could have been a crime of passion those exist listen I all really i'm saying is it. like honestly I, I honestly don't see the story going that way I don't know. I don't know. All I know is she's like, you murdered my father. And I was like, okay, but like, did he? Or did he like gaslight him into thinking that he wasn't good anymore? And he like drank himself to death? Like, what's happening here? Just because you're not the one that stabbed the man doesn't mean you're not responsible for his death. And then we see that like glimpse that is like, you know, them struggling. There's the screen that's blood splattered, which I'm sure is implied that he somehow led to his death, whether or not it was intentional or not. Yes. Yes. I think that it's metaphorical. Yeah, I think it's not. I don't think it's metaphorical. I think he was there at his death. I think maybe it'll be something like you know he yeah like you ostensibly are responsible for my father's death. But I even think yeah. that is going to be something where it's going to have to be like come to like realization point. I think if she truly believed that he was responsible for his father's death, she would not be, be in the situation yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, but I think there's a, a feeling of resentment that exists clearly um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but no i think regardless 
I think about it like um, almost like your lie in April, right? When we watched that, um, you know, homegirl in that was amazing and so talented, but she was so subversive in how she played the violin that she maybe she was she was getting so much acclaim and so much appreciation, but the traditionalists in the space were never going to fully accept her. And ultimately, in spaces like you know classical music and rakugo, the traditionalists are the ones that keep it alive. They're the ones that mm-hmm. are continuing to follow it. You know, you might mm-hmm. be breakout, and clearly he had a lot of success, but he was never going to be the new master of Rakugo. He was going to be the disruptor of Rakugo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Italians Rakugo, have this. In... The destructor. <laughs> Italians have this in their, their food where they're very big on tradition. So any Italian chef who's trying to like do something new, they are like blacklisted and Italians won't go to their restaurant. Just because they're like, you're not, you're not making this the way that you're supposed to. And they're like, no, but I'm making it a new way. And they're like, you can't, you can't do that. They're like, so. you can't use, you know, salt. You can't put salt in your cacio e pepe or some weird shit. They're like, we don't appreciate fusion. This is not what your mother made. Yeah. But meanwhile, like that restaurant that that person opens might still be hugely successful. But in the Italian cuisine space, it never will be. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. By the difference yeah. between Tsukuroku and Yakumo, which is why I also think that the fact that Yotaro is more leaning into Sugoroku's style does make Yakumo annoyed. I don't think the snoring is what pissed him off. I think it was the snoring was the bridge to upset him because even when he was talking about when he was talking about uh, Yotaro's performance with the guy that ran the theater, um, he was like, yeah, I'm he's literally like, I'm not teaching him anything. I'm a bad teacher. Um, so he's kind of just self-teaching himself based off of Sugoroku's notebooks and recordings. So like he's picked up that style and honestly, it annoys me. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. clearly he also has a lot of like unresolved feelings about Sugoroku because like they were gay for each other. Uh, yeah. No, not actually, but like it always <laughs> felt like they were about to kiss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but like, you know, he keeps seeing his spirit like all throughout the world and stuff. So he, I think for everyone, you know, he even has that uh, conversation with Kanatsu where she's like, where he's like, he's not your father. And you saw the same thing I did where the first time you see them, you see that spirit because he has the same like energy and everything as your dad, but he's not your dad, you know? You're not my dad. (laughs) But I think he even needs to say that for himself because the only reason he even took him in because he's literally never taken an apprentice and this guy asks for like once and he's like okay come in is because he saw him and he immediately thought of Shin he saw he thought of that little boy who had nothing going on in his life and just wanted to do Rakugo and here's this man with nothing going on in his life who just wanted to do Rakugo and he he warmed up immediately for remembering his old friend you know and that's kind of what everyone is kind of getting from him is like he is so reminiscent of Sukaroku. That's also really um, you know, coincidental that he ends up kind of really taking on to his storytelling style. Mm, but right. it creates some resentment with Yakumo, not only because he's not matching his style, but because it reminds him of his friend that there's clearly some yeah. torrid and painful past there. But which is why I do like that the like three rules. Like the first one is like you're going to become a master of my style and Sukuroku's style so that you can find your own style. Subverting mm-hmm. mm-hmm. all the tropes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did like that that compromise that if you're going to do this, 
you do need to find your own way to perform it, but it also needs to fit within certain boundaries. Right. Man, this is so good. It's so I wish I'd given myself more time to watch even more of this uh, before recording, but mm. finals week, baby. Finals week, baby. <laughs> Sorry about that. Those are always rough. <laughs> oh, and speaking of Kanatsu, she was also a very interesting character. You know, she's clearly someone who, I mean, has a very complicated situation in general. Clearly, like, respects Yakumo, but doesn't respect him that much because he's kind of like her forced upon caretaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she still thinks that her father was a much better Rakugo master than he is and like, that her father never got the like same recognition that he deserved and she clearly has some level of resentment towards him as she kind of feels like he's responsible for her father's death in one way or another mm. and and she also wants to master you know be a rakugo practitioner but it doesn't seem like women are really allowed to yeah 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 it doesn't seem like that i mean, I mean- which makes sense as a traditionalist medium you know like it's very like Shakespearean. There are no female actors. There are men in drag and men, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this was also she, the 50s. Yeah. She would be a geisha if uh, yeah. this she was, was like that. Yeah. No. Yeah. So she also becomes a super interesting character and she has very complicated motivations and feelings towards everything. Uh, but she also clearly cares for Yotaro and wants him to be successful. And I think both is struggling but is also excited to the fact that she's kind of that he's kind of embracing Sugoroku's style because if so if she right. can't keep her father's traditions alive at least this guy can yeah and then similarly for Yakumo you know then he becomes the way for Rakugo in general to continue like him and Sugoroku had always promised to each other to do mm-hmm. so again this is a very beautiful honestly very amazing story like it's beautiful but tragic but amazing like it itself is like you know Rakugo is this very beautiful tragic comedy and this show is that as well you know um it it, it's honestly like a masterpiece in what it does Mm -hmm. um this very beautiful historical drama um with very complicated emotional attachments and you know the fact that there are two full seasons like i'm so fascinated with where the story can go you know i've seen like a large like a large portion of season one and i'm curious where you even go and in into that with a season two and obviously knowing that that's where like the story ends knowing that these stories do this story does have a resolution i'm very curious to see where it goes and where we go with this story in general mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. no same yeah um, absolutely. but let's continue talking about the two episodes we do have by talking about the music for Shogun Roku Rakugo Shinju. So our music was done by Kana Shibue, who that name might sound mildly familiar as we just talked about them as they did the music for Sasaki and Miyano. And they also oh. did the music for this. So tell me, what did you guys think of Kana Shibue's music for this? So good. Beautiful. It was so good. Yes, it was. I mean, you got the um, the traditional like 30s into 50s, like jazz and um that kind of thing kind of hints of it here and there but then you also had the very traditional japanese music when you were going into the more traditional realms of the performance and it was just stunning yes um and obviously again in the general composition of the show it's so good we talked about it a little bit earlier but like i think back to the scene when he's performing his first rakugo and the musical tension is starting to build throughout the entire thing and just getting louder and louder and it's just that's such such amazing work 
to do with music and storytelling. And yeah, I think Kanashibue, I mean, we talked about how great of a job they did in Sasuke and Miyano. I think they did an amazing job here. Um, and yeah. I'm excited I would say to see an even yeah, better job. I agree. I'm excited to see, continue to see them pop up in more things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's also talk about our music. So. Woo! Our uh, OP is Usurai Shinju, or Thin Ice Double Suicide, composed by Shinaringo and performed by Megumi Hayashibara. Lauren, what'd you think of that OP? I do want to clarify, we only got this OP as the outro for episode, or as the outro, but we never got to see it as an OP. But imagining it as the beginning of an episode, what did you think of it, Lauren? It was incredible. It's so jazzy, so high energy, but also this underlying sinister vibe where you're like, not everything is what it seems. You know, like there's there's more, com- it's more complicated than initially looks and the visuals. Holy shit. Oh my God. They were so beautiful. I had such a great time. Yeah. I think this, I mean, I mean, right. If you've listened to this podcast, you know, I'm a sucker for jazz OPs. I think jazz OPs are the best kind of OPs. No OP is better than a jazz OP. Um, This is very similar to the Kakaguri OP. And I think this is a phenomenal, phenomenal OP. I, I, like I said earlier, it's performed by Megumi Haishibara, which that name might sound familiar to you if you are any Genesis Evangelion fan, because they are the voice of Rei Ayanami, uh, which also means that they were the vocals for the uh, original Fly Me to the Moon outro for Neon Genesis Evangelion. That makes so much sense. Uh, I mean, and Megami uh, Hayashibari has done a ton of voice acting work. You know, they were also, you know, Ron, uh, female Rama and Rama and Half, uh, Faye Valentine in Cowboy Bebop. Um, and I mean, have, da- have done opening. a huge amount of uh, musical performance as well. But yeah, uh, phenomenal work on this uh, OP. I think it's so good. Yes, I love it. It's gorgeous. It's dark. It's sexy. It like blends in with like the flashbacks and coming back to the present. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a good time. Uh, a quick, a quick note based on the fact that the that the word appears in here too. So, um, it's usurai uh, usurai shinju, which is thin ice double suicide. So shinju is double suicide. So the name of the anime is Shogun Roku Rakugo Shinju, uh, which translates to flourishing Showa. So because this is during the Showa era of Japan, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and it's Rakugo double suicide. So there's a big theme of double suicide of in the name. That's what Shinju means is like, and it's, it's, it's purposeful double suicide. It's usually a suicide done with two lovers or a family members uh, that is like almost like a suicide pact. Never like a murder suicide or anything like that. Mm. Um, so or you know. framed to look like a murder suicide. All I'm saying. <laughs> well, I I've mean, been reading a lot of mysteries specifically lately. Double suicide. When it's a double suicide without consent, it's called a moody shinju. This is just a shinju. Yeah, but where better to hide a red herring than in the title? 
is all I'm saying. That's genius. <laughs> you have been reading too much mystery. Well, the only other mystery is how good is the ED? So let's talk about it. So our ED is Kawa Toradoki, uh, composed by Kanashibue. Lauren, what did you think of that outro? Okay, first of all, um, I love the early jazz, and it was so nice to have this just super relaxing, nothing but vibes, easy visuals, easy trumpet. Let's go. And such a like beautiful trumpet. Like Ugh. it's like like I I really like I I wish I was better at talking about music so that I could like properly express how good I think this song is. It elicits so much energy but like it's so low-key but like something about the way that the trumpet is played and produced gives me like the sense of like hopefulness but also hopelessness i don't know i think again i'm a big jazz guy and i think sometimes people get very like well jazz is just instruments like what can you get from it but the way that they play the song just it elicits so many emotions and it it it's calm but high energy and hopeful but hopeless and warm but cold and it's tinny but like brassy and it's ugh, it's so amazing without being too big so yes i completely agree and i i love the visuals that go along with it mm-hmm. um but like what i got from it was very it's reaching right it feels like you're standing in one place and the people playing the instruments are so far away but like still so close to you it i was just like oh kind of like uh like reaching through the eras right because like we're going through the flashbacks and Mm -hmm. like you know um coming back and forth and it's just it's so loud and so quiet and um it's not overwhelming it's it's really good it's a a nice chill calm time too Mm -hmm. yeah lots of good stuff here um so let's talk about this a little bit more as we move on to our segment what modern or contemporary artists do you think would have done a good job with these animations and outros so lauren why don't you tell me who you went with for usurai shinju all right well i went immediately to the album that i think all of us went to and i think that all of our listeners are thinking about and it's the emperor's new groove because isa has a song that wasn't used in the film and um you we can't all went to cut Disney songs. You cannot pick better than Yzma from The Emperor's New Groove. So Eartha Kitts, snuff out the light. To me, I've really stopped at nothing. Murder, treachery, and lying. Whatever it takes to keep my looks, you really can't blame a girl for trying. I mean, it is Eartha Kitt. So yeah, like, Eartha, Eartha Kitt. Kitt. I'm mad that they cut out a villain song from this movie. I know. I think that's very good. I do I think don't Eartha think Kitt's I'm ever a little bit more bombastic mm-hmm. How, than this listen, song. Listen, I have personally peaked. I am never going to pick better than Yzma you from the Emperor's New Groove. You have peaked better. <laughs> 
thank you. No. Thank you, Eartha Kit, for this gift. This is literally all that we could have asked for and all we could ever want. Thank you so much, Yzma, for gracing all of our ears with your melodic voice. <laughs> Look, Honestly, I think I'll very, never do better. I think it's a very good choice. It's definitely a lot more bombastic um, and big than uh, Osurai Shinju, but I think it's a pretty good choice. You're going to get turned into a llama, and that's going to be your own goddamn fault. You know what? <laughs> that's fine with me. I, I have a lot less worries in my life. No, Lauren, I think this is great. Um, this is a great choice. Eartha Kit, she like reads from the air pretty well. I do agree with PJ where she could like she just has so much power to her voice too. And yeah, it's it's honestly like just Eartha Kit is is such a big like she makes like this song is jazz. She makes it big band because she is big and boy like band. she is she is. <laughs> power and energy with her music and she has this rough and grasp but she's amazing and talented more so than Megami Hayashibara and that's where the difference is is almost it's it's too much better well thank you so much Yzma for everything that you've done and continue to do I'm happy to be one of your minions I will sing this song until my dying days (laughs) I'm never gonna get better who'd you go with (laughs) I went with uh the song Golden Hour by the Electric Swing Chorus Oh, weird. Do you want to share any stories about how you got there? So basically, is I spent so much time um, listening to jazz. I got a, a little behind on choosing some things. And then PJ asked for my help to choose between a song. And I did. And then I asked if I could have his second. The other one. Like, I was like, hey, I'm struggling. Which of these two do you think is better? And she's like, that one's better. Can I have the other one? So I guess I'm trusting that she didn't like treat me out of the better answer. I think this is very good, obviously. I do think the voice is similarly too much more bombastic. It's almost like a very Christina, like, yeah, like a very Christina Aguilera like level of vocal. You know what's better than nothing? (laughs) It's true. It is better than nothing. I like this choice. I think this is great. It's no Isma from Emperor's New Groove, but thank you for giving (laughs) us this. I think PG did a wonderful job on his selection. Um, so. Uh, I ended up landing on obviously struggling between two songs, which was Golden Hour by Electric Swing Circus, uh, but landing on Gangster Love by Alice Francis. The vocals amazing. Yeah, the vocals match so well. Mm-hmm. There is that like darkness to it. Mm-hmm. Like there's some menace in it. And yeah, the the rest of the music just matches really well. I think that <laughs> that you won not by like default because it was only you and Lauren playing, but you chose the best song. Yeah, I like this very much as a choice. Again, it's no Isma. <laughs> it's from no Isma. Honestly, the biggest thing, the, my biggest takeaway from this episode has been that Disney robbed us of an Isma villain song. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, it's Amazing. Because it was really good. I never heard it. Obviously, I never heard of it. And now I'm just mad that we didn't get to see it 
animated because right. i love who doesn't love a good disney villain song and yzma is such a good disney villain that it's criminal in retrospect that we do not have a good yzma villain song there is a cut like the, a deleted scene where they show you like the rough animation because they got pretty far in the process of making it i've gotta it. see that so, because like yeah you can go see that that's all you're gonna get though seeing clips of it so as soon as you just snuff out the light i was like oh yeah yeah i remember oh. this Ugh, god yes. we don't deserve uh, it we don't thank you eartha kit all right so let's move on to uh kawatora doki all right lauren what'd you pick for that outro uh even though i'm never gonna top my choice of yzma from the emperor's <laughs> new group um i didn't even need to think twice about this one i instantly went to bunny bear again i can't get started I think that's phenomenal. I think it captures the horns. I think it's a little bit more like romantic than Kawatoradoki. Oh, it's such a sad song, though. Oh, it's just absolutely oh, gut wrenching. It has it, but like it's like uh like like the, I guess it doesn't have the same emptiness that Kawatoradoki does. It's such a I full like song. I like, disagree. It's like a song about sadness, but it's like you feel what was lost. Where I feel like with Kawatoradoki, it's almost like the absence of what was once there. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just being like I completely disagree. Oh, I think this is one of the most like tragic, but also like. But I agree with you. I think it is tragic, but it's tragic because you can feel what was lost. I feel like what Kawatoradoki does is the tragedy is in that you don't know what isn't there anymore. Sure. Okay. The emptiness isn't here. The sadness, the longing is there, but the emptiness isn't. But I mean, it's a great, it's a phenomenal approximation. No, I I liked it a lot. Um. I understand again my my whole thing was like it's reaching it feels like you're being called out to and like you know from through the void or whatever and it just seems a little bit more intimate like you're in the room with the musician rather than like being in a park somewhere you know what I mean we've all fucking become music critics today We're over here writing fucking textbook essays on songs. Uh, Skylar, who'd you go with? I'm embarrassed. Why? I because did you pick "Snuff Out the Light" by Eartha Kitt? No, not for this one. I went with PJ. I don't remember if you played it along with me, but I was like super excited when we first got the game. Um, but I went with Minor Ninth by Andrew Hale from the LA Noir. I've um, never played LA of, Noir, so definitely not. Official soundtrack. Oh, really? I remember getting it at the Hackett House and being like, wow. Would have had to have been before crazy. me. This one's like a little too fa- fast paced for me. I think, yeah, I think it's got a little bit too much kick up. But this part of the game kind of like reminded me of like the feelings that I had listening to the other song, mm-hmm. which is like unfair because it's like attributing like an emotion I felt like nostalgically. But no, but, but I think it's a very good choice. I just, yeah, I think I there's think so too, too much of a kick up. Yeah. I like this a lot. I think this is a great option for the OP. Yeah, no. I mean, wow. so far, everyone's done a great job with the ED. I just hope I don't uh, sour that by going into my selection, which is <laughs> In a Sentimental Mood by John Coltrane.
yeah, this is very like I'm walking down an alley and there's just some guy on the roof playing saxophone. Like, oh my just... God, what life do you live? <laughs> um, I live in the big city, Lauren, Miss oh. Colorado. <laughs> right, right. I'm a mountain girl. Yeah, now. this is like very like Bleeding Gums Murphy's like playing playing his jazz sax on the on the Springfield streets. Yeah, I like this. No, though. I love it. I think yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, the 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 like term that I was trying to get because like this isn't a genre. It kind of is a genre, but this is not the right kind of genre. Let me be clear. But like while listening to Kawataradoki, the the things that came to mind was city jazz because like that was the vibe for me was like it's like jazz like from the from the city like it's not studio jazz it's like this like grittier emptier hollower jazz and i feel like john coltrane like grabbed that for me right that's Mm -hmm. why i typed in noir jazz jazz noir la noir (laughs) to be specific (laughs) yeah well actually i i went through a whole bunch of other um artists and i was just like oh you know what let me actually look at the album because I really enjoyed that game a lot. Uh, well, uh, all phenomenal, all phenomenal answers for all uh, all six options for the two songs were all phenomenal. Really good stuff. But yeah, with that, that is going to be the end of our uh, very highbrow and sophisticated look at music today <laughs> <laughs> from our music segment. Uh, but with that, we're going to take a quick break, watch some additional clips, some additional context, and get Lauren's closing thoughts on Shouagen Roku Rakugo Shinji or descending story so we're going to do that and we'll be right back so stay tuned all right we're back we learn some additional clips some additional context some additional rakugos uh betrayals romantic moments just betrayal moments sad moments dead moments and everything in between uh tell me lauren after watching these additional clips obviously show again roku rakugo shinju started starts off as this kind of just story of this person trying to apprentice for a master and it quickly becomes a story of that master's life how they got to where they are and what that means to them in their storytelling um and also how that's going to affect our new protagonists and their storytelling and you know it's a it's a very multi-layered and multi-generational and very traditional and very new balanced story uh but with all of that maybe that's too much too little who knows we'll have to wait to ask you the question lauren would you keep watching shogun roku rakugo shinju i felt that this was different from the beginning um and it introduced me to an art form that i was not familiar with before but i really loved delving into this world especially with this cast of characters and how all of their stories are so closely intertwined and how they play off of each other i think i think Sukuruko is my favorite out of all of them. He was just so charismatic and just so like magnetic. I really was yeah, drawn to Sukuruko him. Yeah, Sukuruko is amazing. Yes, truly. Yeah, I I really really liked him. I mean, I liked everybody though. They were all fantastic. Yeah, but Sukuruko has that charisma. He does. Yeah, he has he has a little something extra that I think made me like and, him just a little bit more. And that's why he's dead. <laughs> And that's, that's why, why he's, he's dead. dead. Well, then there that's you go. That's why he is <laughs> dead. No, he's definitely my favorite character. I love just like how plucky and like determined he was in general from when we meet him as like Shin, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I liked his journey a lot. Um, But this is 
it's just, it's so different, but it's really hard to explain how compelling it is at the same time. You know, it's different. It's incredibly told. And I will continue to watch this. <laughs> I need Yay! all four names. <laughs> I need all four. I'm sorry. I need to go with my notes. I will continue to watch Show and Roku, Rakugo, Shinju. I'll keep watching. <laughs> I'll keep watching the Shoujo double suicide storytelling. I'll keep watching this <laughs> double suicide descending story story. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. You absolutely love to see it. A kawaii success in the book but would it be a quite success for other people's books uh, that is a question we are going to try to answer as i ask uh, as i ask would you recommend shogun rokuraku goshiju to someone looking to start their anime journey i don't think i would um just because i think you need like an anime or two to understand the world a little bit before you delve into something like this which is so much more serious and um, more like a TV show as opposed to like anime anime. Right. No. See, I would I would say like maybe like for me personally, it's more like a viewer discretion is advised. It's so much as like if you have a friend who's really into like historical dramas, mm. I would 100% be like, this is the, the anime to get you into anime. Yeah. Um, But like outside of that, yeah, I'd say this is something that you pick up later on down the line when you can appreciate it's subversion like not even subversion of the anime tropes but you're right it's it's so different um but i think for some people that's gonna be the great thing i think it's gonna be the thing that gets them in and mm. lets them realize that it's different so for me it's if your discretion is advised and you'd have to find someone who maybe is put off by what traditional anime is and you need to show them what it can be mm-hmm. um and especially if they're like into that historical drama and stuff this is it but for other people maybe not right I literally was gonna say like if I had some like which I do if I had like really hardcore like history buff friends I think I'd be like oh you know like this is like kind of like fun media for you I think overall I'm leaning towards Lauren though where it's like I probably just wouldn't yeah I think yeah I think viewer discretion is advised veering towards a not not pro- yet probably not yeah yeah well which one for you both what's your final determination i guess discretion i mean you don't ha- you don't have to discretion. get like you can say no i'm saying no okay i'll say no so that is a quite a thumbs down as a recommendation for someone's first anime but still a kawaii success because it is still a phenomenal anime maybe yes. just not uh one to kick off the the anime train with right. uh, but that does not make it any less amazing uh so that is a kawaii success a kawaii desu thumbs down uh and there's only one question left to ask and that question is is there an amv for that amv anime music videos is there an all right, Lauren, you know the rules. Give me your song and artist for Shogun Roku Rakugo Shinju, which I don't imagine maybe has that many AMVs that exist, but that presents just a little bit of an extra challenge for you. Yeah, I, um, I'm i not holding out a lot of hope here because I definitely went for a, um, a song and an artist that is very much of the time of the anime, but not of our time. So I really don't think that this is going to happen. But I had to pick Ella Fitzgerald's Cry Me a River because that song fits this anime so perfectly. So I I picked that, but 
I'll just listen to it over here. All right, Lord. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird, weird direction to try to take. I know. I was going for something so old. 30s, 40s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the 30s, 40s, right? If it's an anime it does. genre, but like yes. uh, the anime time period, but that's not usually um, the best indicator. Uh, okay. But it was this time because there is an AMV for Crime River by Ella Fitzgerald. Shut the up. Again, Roku Rakugo Shinji. So that is three no, points in the book. There is. Shut up. No, there's not. <laughs> and the description of the video is to the 10 people who watch uh, <laughs> to watch my niche AMV, I'm sending a kiss from me to you. Enjoy. Holy shit. <laughs> we got to get them on the pod. Oh, my fucking God. It has God. only 650 views over the last two years, but it exists. Um, so <laughs> I do like that they said to the 10 people who watch my niche AMV, I'm sending you a kiss from me to you. Uh, so that is a kiss I'll from a Ori kiss. to us. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that is three points in the book, Lauren. Way to go. Jesus Christ. I didn't think I was going to get any this week. Good God. I, I mean, I'm happy about it. Well, you didn't think you were going to get those points. So I'm curious <laughs> what you were thinking about any future points. Because it's time for the super secret, not so secret bonus round. Lauren, do you think that there might be an AMV to Showa Genroku Raku Shinju to Evanescence Bring Me to Life? All right, Lauren, use that Evanescence. I, I think that this anime is very intense, but I do not think it gets evanescence intense. So I'm going to say no. Even though we see ghosts. Damn it. I already said no. <laughs> Shit. Even though we see ghosts. This is oh, this is when in a in few minutes when uh we say <laughs> that there was one because of ghosts, and we're gonna be like, see the ghosts, and Skylar's gonna be like, what ghosts? I never mentioned. I never ghosts. said anything. <laughs> Why about would I bring ghosts? up ghosts? Call back to the beginning of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, more so a callback to just a few minutes ago when you got three points, you just got another point because no, there is no AMV for show again, Roku Rakugo Shinju for Bring Me to Life. Good so that is four points in the book. <laughs> You seem very oh pleased. Oh my god! I just—I think, think we're so surprised. Oh my goodness! Look at look at me! Uh, look look at look it! Look at you! Look at us! Look at God! Uh, that look is a kawaii god. success. A kawaii does thumbs down. Uh, and but four points in the book and another successful journey through an anime. Once again, this anime was recommended by friend of the podcast and patron Jellums. Uh, so Jellums. thank you so much, Jellums, for the recommendation. So yeah, thank you so much. I'm glad that you watched this so that you could make it so that we watch this. Yeah, oh I, my god, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Seems like all of us thoroughly enjoyed this. Yeah, and hopefully, much. even if only one more person checks it out, that's another person that gets to enjoy it. Uh, so once again, thank you, Jellums. But to all of our listeners, I hope you had a good time a fun time a glimpse at my new demon slayer x my hero academia fan fiction rengoku x bakugo <laughs> time a we were the double suicide all along time <laughs> and uh when you get out of prison the first thing you should do is just go to the theater time <laughs> but until next time we hope your wait isn't a kawaii disappointment i've been pj i've been skyler I've been Lauren. And yeah, I mean, just the second you are out of prison, Free. just harass someone until they give you a job and a house. It's true. Do it. There you go. It yeah. works. It works. Look at him. Look at him. He did it. All right. Bye, everyone. Follow your dreams. Bye. Manifest your destiny. <laughs> Bye. Manifest destiny. Manifest destiny.